You see the verse of scripture I want to build things on here this morning a little bit? It says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Jesus' words, according to your faith, it will be done to you. That's the King James Version. And the message, it says this, because you believe, it'll happen. And I like the uh, kids' Bible. It says this, you believe that I can make you see again. So that will happen. You believe that you can make me see again. So that will happen. Simple faith, that's what it's all about. The key to uh, the great adventure called the Christian life is it's according to your faith. How much faith do you have? That's really what I want to talk about this morning is about our faith individually, but also as a church. Now, I want you to understand, and you've heard this from every pastor that's ever stood in front of you at any given time. There's a big difference between having faith for something that is in God's will and something we just want. I mean, I'd like to have enough faith to to say that my Toyota is going to turn into a Ferrari by the time we get out there. But I am not exactly sure that's in God's will that that would happen. But I, and I know that there are times when we would like things to happen, but are we praying that things are in God's will for what God wants for our lives? So I want to say that really the title of this message this morning is, What is God's Dream for New Beginnings? Here's another verse of scripture for you. Everything is possible for the person who has faith. Everything's possible for the person who has faith. Probably the question I have been asked more than any other as a pastor through the years is that one right there. Why is this happening to me? I don't understand it. Why? Why do I have to go through this? I've served the Lord. I think that's the question my mother-in-law is asking right now, Julie's mom. She's been a Christian her whole life from the time she was a child. And why am I suffering so much? Why don't I just die? Why can't I be home with the Lord? Why? I mean, it's a question she gets asked, Julie gets asked every day when she calls her mom. Why? We just don't understand so often. And when we're like that, you know, we get discouraged when we don't understand. Maybe we become resentful. Maybe we worry. Maybe we get depressed. But most of all, when we're asking that question, we're not cooperating with God the way that we could be at times. Look at your own lives when you don't understand why things are going when they're not going well. And this piece here, how will God build our faith when we're in this waiting period for a new leader? See, I want to look at both sides of this, personally and then our church. How can God build our faith in this waiting period, in this waiting room. I'm going to give you four D's, letter D this morning, to put this on. The first D is dream. Now, Julie told me, she's my resident theologian, okay? She's the resident theologian for this congregation, too. You realize that, don't you? Okay, I hope you do. She said, now, make sure people understand that it's not just something you're cooking up, but it's from God. It's a vision. She said, there's a difference between a dream and a vision. Well, not for me there isn't. I'm sorry, Julie. And I've, we've gone through this for 45, 48, 50 years nearly we've been going through this. A dream is something I see that I'm not thinking of. It is something that God is giving me. 
And that's what I'm talking about this morning. What is, if you want to use the word vision from God, or what is God's dream for your life and for this church? If you, here's, I like this statement here. If you want to build a ship, don't uh, drum up men to gather wood. Divide the work and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. Give them something to dream about. God always starts with a dream. God always does. Nothing happens until somebody starts dreaming. God is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or even, there's my word, dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. God can do that. You've got to get an idea, a vision, a goal, an ambition. You have to set your sights on something a target. You've got to see it and then aim at it. When God wants to work in your life, he always gives you a dream about yourself and about what he would have you do in the world. Now, there are all kinds of examples in the Bible, and uh, I just want to give you a few of them here. Uh, I'll give you this one. This is why I've got it in my don't have it in my notes this order, but we'll do it this way. I went onto the website of a church that I used to be a part of. It used to be known as, back years ago, Thomas Memorial Church of the Nazarene in London. It was the most significant Nazarene church in the British Isles South District, and I was on staff there. In 2016, so six years ago, a young the church had just about all but died. A young pastor and his wife came in and basically said to the leadership of the district, we need to revitalize the church. We have a dream, a vision of what God can do, and it's different from what it's always been in the past. And I like this statement. They, they now, it's not no, no longer known as Thomas Memorial. It's no longer named after a man because it was David Thomas who started the church. Now it's fresh ground. We are fresh ground, a church, a cafe, a community hub based in Battersea, southwest London. We have been striving to create and enrich our community through faith, friendship, and compassion since 2016. Take a look around and find out how we are continuing that effort. Here's what they've been doing this summer. For summer Sundays, this has been it. From 10 to 12, stop in. Have a nice, I mean, they do really good coffee there. They have, the sanctuary is now set up with cafe tables for the summer. You know, those tall tables with tall chairs. And you just come in. The pastor gives about a 16, 17-minute message a couple of times because he'll do it early. The crowd changes, and he does it again. It's just an easy drop-in thing. Now, I need to tell you that when I was there on staff, on Tuesday nights, I did youth club. Youth club was me and a whole bunch of boys, no girls, that were all of Jamaican descent. I was not looking like any of them down in the basement of that church. I want to show you just one picture of the basement of the church and something that the church did, that church did. They have a vision for something different. And uh, they did a youth night where it was open mic. And they invited kids from the community. It's just one of the teenage girls, some young kid. And there was a, there's all kinds of pictures like this on their website of kids just coming in and down there in that basement and just bringing kids into the church. 
It's a different vision for what they're doing. Dream. Did God give Noah a dream, a vision? How long did it take from the time God gave him the dream till the dream came to fruition? 120 years. Yeah, woe was right. 120 years. Did God give Abraham a vision? Yeah, he would be the father of a nation. And he had to go to a land he did not know. Remember, that's a, we can unpack that some other time. He had to go someplace he'd never been before. And God said, you just go. We'll take care of it. And how about Joseph? Did he give him a dream? He would be the leader of a nation and unbelievable. But where did he end up? In prison. Yeah. And it took forever to get out. How about Nehemiah? God gave him a vision of building a wall around Jerusalem to protect it. Nothing happens until you start dreaming. That I believe so very, very much, until we have a vision for what we want to do. So how do you know when your dream is from God or when it's from yourself? Well, maybe you're just kind of thinking something up. Oh, yeah, that's a, but I, I honestly believe, too, so, so many times we don't put the reverend in there. But you remember when Martin Luther King, Reverend Martin Luther King, was first and foremost a pastor. And I believe his statement came from the Lord. I have a dream. With God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we can ask or think of. It's a little bit of what Pastor Fred was saying here, too, a few minutes ago, wasn't it? God's power within us and how things can change. A dream from God will require faith. If a dream comes from God, it will be so big in your life that you can't do it on your own. I've been saying that statement for decades. When God gives you a dream, a vision, it's nothing you can pull off on your own. It's going to require faith. It's going to be something that happens. God starts with giving you a dream. Now, I believe he's been speaking to many of you here in this church. Um, can I just pick out two of you right now? Mike is over here. Tom is over here. They are dreaming. They've got a vision about a men's ministry that they see as starting here in this church, but going way beyond the borders of the four walls of our church. They see it as something that's, you know, Mike is shaking his head back there going like, yeah. Something that's going to be bigger than what is just here. And I believe that's a vision from God. I really do. And where that may go and how it may take us. I, uh, I went to Germany this week. It was a quick trip. Only took me 90 minutes. Uh, on Wednesday at 11 o'clock, I sat down in front of my computer and had a webinar with a Nazarene pastor in the Rhine-Main area of Germany. It was 5 o'clock at night for him, 11 o'clock in the morning for me. And 33 of us listened to Pastor Philip talk about a dream, a vision that God gave him when he was a student at the Nazarene Bible College in Switzerland. He's gone on now and got his Ph.D., He's a pretty sharp guy, but the vision God gave him was for his home country of Germany, where less than 1% of the people ever attend church on an 
any week, less than 1%. That's not very many. And he said God gave him the dream of seeing churches grow in the Rhine-Main area. The last six years, he now has eight churches that are active. Now, I, I need to tell you something. They don't have a church building in any one of those sites. But that's another story. We can talk about it. But he's got eight unbelievably strong, growing churches where people have come to know the Lord. What's the dream? The 19th century theologian, uh, William Newton Clark, said this, Faith is daring of the soul to go farther than it can see. That's what faith is, going farther than you can see. Now, I want to make this statement, though, here, too, and just camp out on this for just a minute. God's will will never contradict God's word. I have seen some rather misguided, I'm going to use that word because I don't want to use the word publicly stupid, some misguided statements on social media about what some people say is Christian that is so contradictory to God's word, how can it be Christian if it contradicts God's word? God's will, when he gives you a dream, a vision, a goal, or something, is never going to contradict his word. His word trumps everything. Well, let's move on to the next D, decision, and see where we go with this one. You begin to do something about your God-given dream. I don't have the phrase in there, God-given. You begin to do something about your God-given dream. Nothing is going to happen to the dream until you wake up and begin to put it into action. You've got to make it work. Now, a few of you know my Uncle Herb White. He pastored this church, this congregation, bunch of years ago now, just for a short interim time between a couple of other pastors, he just came in as a fill-in, kind of like I'm doing now, huh? But back in the day when I would return from England for the summers and uh, I would come and work with Herb, and uh, at that point in life, he was um, not pastoring at all, but, well, I guess he was. He was still on a part-time staff in Beverly at that time, but... uh, he had a siding and roofing company doing home improvements and so forth. And he also, and uh, he would always have two or three jobs going at the same time. And uh, there'd be from time, you know, at least once a week, if not more than that, he would leave me and go to another job. And Herb's phrase always to me was this, be a dynamic decision maker. In other words, if you don't know what to do, do something. Just be a dynamic decision maker. But that was that's my Uncle Herb to this day. It's be a dynamic, just make a decision. Did you see the funny little thing on, I saw it on Facebook about a week and a half ago or so. It said, a million flat squirrels prove you've got to make decisions. In James, we read this, you must believe and not doubt, because a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. In the dictionary, the word faith can either be a noun or a verb. As a verb, faith is active 
It is something you do. The moment of truth in decision-making is when you need to take a risk. You lay it on the line, and you plunge in. God, you've told me to do this, and I am going to do it. You leave your security behind. Uh, Julie's and our uh, grandson, Micah, was with his parents on a vacation last winter. And they sent pictures back to us of Micah on this incredibly tall, high climbing wall. And he's just a 12-year-old. Micah had to realize that he had to trust the person who was holding the rope if he was going to get up and if he was going to get down successfully. We need to trust who's holding our rope, don't we, in faith and seeing what God is doing in our lives. You cannot move in faith and hold on to the past at the same time. You have to move forward, let go. Abraham said, God, or God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. He had to leave home for an unknown destination. Moses had to let go and realize, I am likely going to be the next pharaoh of Egypt. Remember, he was number two. He was going to become the most powerful man in the world. But God said, no, I've got other plans for you. And he had to let go and let God. If you want to walk on the water, you've got to get out of the boat. You've heard that many times before. So dream, decision, but then comes delay. And I'm, this is something I should never do. I'm going to change what I've got in my notes because of a song that you guys sang earlier. You, the song had the phrase in it, I'm desperate for you. I am not going to tell you the background of the desperate, of why my puny mind goes from that to this, but about delay. His name is Andy. Her name is Elaine. I can tell you, Susan, you are often late. (laughs) That's true. Yep. I got to tease Susan. Like I always teased Elaine, who was never on time for anything. I was at her home, and her little four year old was standing on the couch beside me playing his toy guitar. This is what's taken me to the song I'm Desperate for You. He wasn't singing that song. He was singing Desperado. (laughs) And Elaine is just destroyed, totally out of control. For earlier on the news, we had heard that Korean Air Flight, I don't remember the number, I think it was 93, but I'm not sure, had been shot down by the Russians and all lost. And her husband, Andy, was on that flight. And she was absolutely, didn't know where to go. 
But here's why I'm telling the story about delay and Elaine always being late. Elaine got Andy late because she left the house late. Andy was packed, ready to go for a one-year deployment. He was in the Army for one-year deployment in South Korea. But she got him to Syracuse Airport late, which meant he was late for his flight out of Cincinnati to San Francisco, which meant he had a whole night layover and he didn't bother to call Elaine. He's a big deal. I don't need to call her. It's too late at night. He missed the flight that he was supposed to be on that was shot down. He gets on the next flight. In the following day, after I'd been with her and she's my husband's dead, she calls me. I'm sitting in the church office and she calls me. Andy's alive! (laughs) Delay is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Delay need not be the worst thing that can possibly happen to you. God has not always promised to fulfill your dream today. There may be a delay in it. In Habakkuk, excuse me, we read these words. These things I plan on won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. Slowly, steadily, surely. There may be delays. I have been asked by several of you repeatedly, do we know anything yet about a new pastor? Surely, steadily, it'll happen. No, we don't know anything, but it'll happen. When, Lord? When are you going to answer my prayer? As Americans, we hate to wait, right? I mean, how many of you just love to come up and see? You just about get to the light and it turns red. Don't you just love that? Don't you just love waiting at the doctor's office? You know, I... I was in to see a doctor a week ago, be two weeks tomorrow, and... uh, as soon as I got in, I've got the first appointment of the morning, and I go, yes, at least he's not going to be waiting for someone else. And the, the receptionist says, um, he's been delayed in surgery. He'll, it's going to be some time before he gets here. Oh, I was just so excited to hear that. We hate delays. How many of you, uh, now, don't put your hands up because I don't want to see it, but how many of you have Amazon Prime? Don't, don't put your hands up. You know, you pay 139 bucks so you can get something a day earlier. Whoopee-ding. We can't wait to get whatever it is you've ordered for one more day, so you pay 139 bucks to get it a day early. Yay! Good for you. We don't like delays. It's just the way of life. As a church, some of you may feel that we're in the delay phase, and I think we are, but that's okay. Let's think about Noah again. Let's think about these same guys I put up here a few moments ago. Noah did wait 120 years for the building of the ark before it began to rain. Abraham had to wait. He went to another country even. Everything was so different for him. And he had to be 99 years old before he became the father of a nation. God said to Moses, you're going to be the leader and guide the people. But where did Moses go for the next 40 years. I love the phrase in scripture. What's it, what was it called? Where did he go? What part of the desert? The backside of the desert. How far away from civilization is the backside of the desert? Unbelievable. <clears throat> Joseph, God tells him, you're going to be the leader. You're going to free these people. 
And then he's not free himself. He ends up in prison. Delays. David is anointed king. He's anointed by Samuel. And then he doesn't become king for a long time. Jesus came to be our Messiah. And he had to wait 30 years in the carpenter shop. There can be delays. Why do we wait? It teaches us to trust God. Think about the waiting rooms of life for a minute. Waiting rooms are lonely places. Some of you have been in waiting rooms waiting for doctors recently. Some of you have done it earlier in life. I have been there with some of you and with the churches I've pastored through the years. I've been with many people in waiting rooms, and waiting is hard. As a church right now, we're in a waiting room. And some are saying, when will God answer? He's answering. You're here. He's here. He is here. We as a church are in good company. Even Paul went through a time of delay. Look at this verse of scripture from 2 Corinthians. At that time, we were completely overwhelmed. The burden was more than we could bear. In fact, we told ourselves that this was the end. Yet now we believe that we had this sense of impending disaster so that we might learn to trust not in ourselves, but in God who can raise the dead. If God can raise the dead, he can raise a troubled marriage. He can raise a defeated career. He can raise whatever. You fill in the blank down there. God can do it. It's no problem for him. In Abraham's situation, I mean, come on. Don't you just smile in thinking about Abraham and Sarah? I mean, think about his situation. God tells him to be the father of a great nation. I don't have any kids. He's 80. He's 90. He's 99 years old, and God says, you're going to be the father of a great nation. And he goes, no way. Look at this body. You know, okay, I'm 74, and I'm not going to be a father again, okay? But he's 99. And then he turns around, and he looks at Sarah, and he goes, "Uh, double no way. She's not going to be a mother. And they laugh. Sarah laughs, and I think... Abraham laughed. What did they call their first son? Isaac. What You have a son, Isaac. What, is, what, what does Isaac mean? He laughs. He laughs. That's what they named their child. And I think, they, I think Sarah had to laugh because at 90 plus years old, if she had really believed God, she wouldn't have laughed. She would have cried. Final D is this one, deliverance. At the end, God comes and he rescues. God performs a miracle. God provides a situation, a, a solution to the situation. In Moses' case, God splits the Red Sea. 
and they walk out. God does it. He's in charge. Sarah miraculously gives birth. The dungeon becomes the avenue to becoming second most powerful person in Egypt. And Easter comes. Jesus is resurrected. God loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections. Dead ends into deliverance. He has delivered and he will deliver us again, said the Apostle Paul. In our situation right now, as a church, we need to expect God to act. What are you expecting God to do in your life and in the life of this church? The Bible says, we read it earlier, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. According to your faith. So to put the four points into just to kind of wrap them up into a closing sentence or two, it's this. What is the dream, the vision that God has given you? If you don't have a dream, start asking God for one. Some of you have got a dream, but now you've got to make a decision. What are you going to do with what God's telling you to do? Some of you need to make the decision to let Jesus Christ be Lord of your life and give your whole heart and life to him. Some of you haven't maybe done that yet. And you need to say, Lord, you are Lord. I don't know that this is a dream from the Lord or if it's just something, a goal that John White has. I would love to see some of you who are not members of this church come to me over the next few weeks and say, I think I would like to become a member of this church. You see, I've got a, a goal. It's not a dream. It's not a vision. It's just something I'd like to see happen. That in the first month that our new pastor is here, that I have got you to the point of beginning to go through a membership class, that that new pastor could take you through the last week or two of a membership class. And within that first month, he would take six or eight brand new people into membership in this church. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that give whoever comes a real boost? Yeah, that's one of my goals. I'm talking to you about it right now, okay? If you're not a member... Maybe that's a decision you need to make. But maybe your dream is in a delay. If your prayer has, hasn't been answered, that's okay. You're just in God's waiting room. Keep the dream alive and keep going. There's so often detours along the way. And do I expect and trust God to deliver me? He will. Remember what the verse says again, according to your faith. It will be done unto you. That's what he said to the blind man. He couldn't see. But according to your faith. It may not happen overnight. Dream, decision, delay, deliverance. Final scripture for you this morning is this. Am I expecting the Lord to rescue, oh, excuse me, I am expecting the Lord to rescue me again. So that once again, I will see 
his goodness to me. That's from the Good News translation. I'm expecting. The NIV says this. I'm confident he's going to do it. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, I thank you for the privilege of looking at your word this morning, for the privilege, Lord, we have of hearing you as you speak to us about dreams, about visions, about the chance, Lord, to see our lives different and our family different, our church different. I pray, Lord, now that you would be with us as we uh, close in a moment with a, a word of, from song that tell us that it's in your time that you make things new and different. I ask, Lord, now your blessing on us as we sing and as we ponder what you're doing in our lives. In Christ's name, amen.